Hi, I'm Amaya Aruabarana, and today's leadership quote comes from Adam Grant. It's the most meaningful way to succeed is to help others succeed. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. Are you tasked with ordering food for your office? Let me tell you about Easy Cater. With over 100,000 restaurants to choose from nationwide and 24-7 customer support, Easy Cater helps assistants like you and me succeed at work and makes our lives easier. Visit easycater.com slash leader assistant to find out more. Hey friends, welcome to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows, and it's episode 253. Uh, you can check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 253, leaderassistant.com slash 253. Today, I'm very excited because I have a special guest uh, from my sponsor, Easy Cater, uh, Amaya Arua Barena. Amaya is a former executive assistant to the CEO of Easy Cater and now director of DEI and operations. Amaya, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jeremy. I'm very excited to be here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. And what part of the world are you in? I am in New York City. Love it. I just went to New York City with my family. Uh, spent f- a few days there, did a little bit of tourist stuff and uh, a lot of walking around and yeah. it, was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's a good time of year for it. So that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, tell us a little bit about you personally. So, you know, do you have kids, dogs, pets, hobbies? Yes. So I, I no no children, um, no human children. I do have, I have a Sphinx cat named Dobby or a Sphinx otherwise known as a naked cat whose name is Dobby. Um, if you can't tell from that, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the inspo for his name. And then I also have a Husky named Sasha um, who, and they are, they're best friends and they keep me entertained and very busy. Um, they're, they're fun to have. And, uh, as far as hobbies go, um, I have a bunch. I, I, I'm very active. So that was one of the reasons behind wanting to, to get a Husky was I run a lot. So she's a great, she makes a great running partner. Um, and she keeps me very active and outside. Um, so active, I'm, I've been learning to play the piano over the last couple of years. Nice. Um, I'm a big, I love music. So music in all forms. I've danced my whole life. So big into learning to play music, but also listening to it, dancing. Um, and then also love in my downtime and when I'm able to relax watching movies. I'm, I'm big, big on a big movie person and all the movies except for horror. <laughs> I'm kind of a chicken. So <laughs> I, yeah, I'm kind of in a similar boat. I like movies, but I'm like, yeah, I like the suspense thrillers, but I don't like yeah. the ones that are like, you know, super you know, gory and whatever, and then super like making you jump every two seconds. I don't like that. Yes. Yes. Same. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's uh so speaking of movies, what's one of your favorite ones you've seen lately? Oh my gosh. Um, have you seen past lives? It came out earlier this year. I don't think so. Oh, it's phenomenal. That one. That's a really good one. Um, it's about, it's about why well, I don't want to give it away because it really, <laughs> It really I'll put is it on a, my list. I'll put it. Yeah, on my list. but it's it's about a it's about a, a girl who had a friend. She was she was born in Korea. Has had a friend there that she made, and then her family moved to the United States. Um, I think when she was like middle school age, and it's about their 
their journey, um, her journey kind of reconnecting with him and her life in the United States and, and, and that path. And it's, um, it's, a, it's phenomenal. If you have a chance, definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely. Add it to my list right now. Um, awesome. Well, Amaya, speaking of journey, le- I'd love to hear your story and tell us a little bit about, you know, how you end up, ended up at Easy Cater. Um, yeah. And then, you know, specifically how you ended up as an executive assistant. Sure. My story is a bit unconventional um, and it's a little windy, but I like to tell it this way because I think it one is a testament to the phenomenal company that Easy Cater is and also contributes a lot to the work that I do in diversity, equity, and inclusion and really ties into that as well. Um, and one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about that work um, and have loved having the opportunity to do that work. And so I'm originally from Las Vegas. I was born and raised there. Um, I'm half first generation. So my mother is from the United States and my father immigrated to the States when he was 19. Um, and neither of my parents, they actually met in Alaska in karate class <laughs> like, and ended up in, ended up in Las Vegas. Um, and wow, that's random. That's kind of, I know so <laughs> random, right? Like the, the way the stars have aligned in certain ways is, is really, uh, it's really wild. Um, so yes, they end up in Las Vegas and I born and raised there. Um, neither of my parents went to college and my father being an immigrant, I think I share a similar story to a lot of the, the kids of immigrants that I've, that I've talked to, which is, um, my father worked in, uh, you know, labor jobs. Um, and he not having had an edu- a higher education, he was very adamant that I go to school and get an education to, to have a better life. That was really important to him. Um, and so that was, that was ingrained in me from being a young, a young kid. And I wanted to, so I was like, okay, school important. Uh, what are the stable jobs? You know, you get like doctor, lawyer, engineer. Those are the, those are the, those are the paths that you, that you mm-hmm. know. And so I set my sights on being a doctor. I was like, I really like science. I think the, you know, the human body's cool and I want to help people. So I guess I'll be a doctor. And that was from about middle school age on the path that I had set myself on and stayed that way um, through college. So all of my background, um, I was pre-med in, in, in college, did the science thing, uh, the, 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 the shadowing of doctors, the working, volunteering in the hospital, all of the things. Um, and when I graduated, I wanted to move East. And so I was, I worked full time while I was in school. Um, and the, one of the things that helps bolster your application when you're applying to medical school is to also have, um, time in a research lab. And unfortunately I, with working and everything else, wasn't able to do that. So I was like, okay, I'll move. When I move East, I'll take a year after graduating. I'll get, I'll try to get into a research lab. I'll get that on my you know, have that for my resume and my application when I apply, and then I'll apply to med school. And so in this time, right before I graduated, um, my mother was diagnosed with cancer and Mm. she didn't have, um, insurance and, um, was, it was a really challenging time to navigate, trying to get her help. And not that before her being sick, um, before her being sick, I was very aware of, what I would call the gaps in our healthcare system in the United States. Um, but it, it hits, it definitely hits harder when you are experiencing it firsthand. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of started to change. I think I had already been having a hard time um, with 
believing I wanted to be a doctor anymore. I wasn't really enjoying anything I was doing, but I didn't know what else I would do. And I felt like, well, I've come this far. I have to do it. And so my mother is sick. I do end up after graduating, moving East and to Boston. And, um, she was super supportive of me moving and and definitely didn't want me to, to hang back. Um, which, you know, that was, that was challenging in and of itself, but decided to go. And when I moved to Boston, I was like, okay, I have to get a job like in the meantime, right? Like, let me, let me get like a job that I'll have while I'm looking to get into a research lab. And then, you know, maybe it'll be a temporary, maybe I'll be there for like six months. And I go on Craigslist because I didn't really know another way to find a job. <laughs> and I find Easy Cater. And I, and I actually joined as a customer service agent um, because I had worked all through, all through school since I was a teenager. I had worked in different service industry jobs, um, re- you know, retail restaurants, hotels, and customer service uh, in, in other ways. And so I was like, okay, and this company sounds really cool. Like they're in downtown Boston. I really liked the language they used in the job description. It seemed very human and very caring and just like a cool place to be. So I apply at Easy Cater. I get hired as a customer service agent and it, oh, and I, and I, I start at this company and I realize I am such a fish out of water, right? Like I have done, I've done customer service for, you know, at this point in one way or another, the better part of a decade. So the job itself, I knew I felt super comfortable doing customer service, but I was like, people keep talking about it as this fast paced tech startup. And I was like, what's a tech startup? (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't, it was, it was truly like, an unknown world to me. And it started it, it with me moving to Boston. First of all, I don't know that there are two more different, bigger cities in the United States than Las Vegas and Boston. Maybe there are, but I haven't found them yet. <laughs> so it was a, it was not just this, like I'm, my eyes are being open to a whole different culture, way of life, language. Like it, it was, you know, like people use words that I was, and they talked about things in ways that I was like, wow, I just like, a fish out of water, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting an education for sure. And so as I'm at easy cater, I'm learning all of this about, you know, these, this, this kind of company I didn't know existed before. And this way of working, I didn't know existed before. And one of the things that stood out to me so like significantly about easy cater was how much they cared about the employees. So when I joined, we we were only about a hundred employees Everybody knew each other. Um, everyone, we, we, we had like one floor, one half of one floor and like one small part of another floor in the building. So for the most part, everybody sat really close to each other. And it was just this like, you could tell people cared about each other, including everyone who was a, an executive, right? And I sat, my desk was like 10 feet away from our CEO, Stefania's. I think I sat a couple desks away from our CFO. It was just an interesting, because I had come from, when I worked in Las Vegas, uh, my most recent jobs, I worked for the some of the hotels on the Strip, and those are you know between ten and fifteen thousand people in these companies, and you had an employee number, and you very much felt like your number, right? Mm-hmm. I never really, I knew my immediate team cared about me, but I never felt like I felt very replaceable at the company. Let's put it that way, right? Mm-hmm. And. Um, at this time. So I'm, 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 I'm just like, I'm like in a whole new world, right? I'm like Ariel. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and 
At this time, my mom's health, unfortunately, takes a turn for the worst. And um, I fly back in, in October of 2016. So sorry, I started with Easy Cater July of 2016. In October of 2016, I find out my mom is terminal. And I will never forget how supported the team at Easy Cater was for me during this time, even though I had only been at this company for a few months. And at any other job I'd ever worked at before, if I were taking time off with this short of notice or even this amount of time off, only having been there for so long, they would have terminated me or I would have been put on probation or it, mm-hmm. it, I, I would have had to not only worry about everything that I was experiencing, but also worry about losing my job. And Easy Cater never made me feel that way. They never made me feel anything but supported and asked what I needed. And so um, my mom did end up um, passing in December of 2016. And again, through that time, Easy Cater was immensely supportive and just human and caring. And it hit me harder in that moment that not only was I now in this position where I was really feeling some type of way about the path that I was on, but I had also had my eyes opened to a different way of working and a different kind of company that I had no idea eight months prior even existed. And I go, I go back to Boston from Vegas after my mom passed. And I'm in this space, this place where I'm like, I think I want to, I I'm no longer thinking I'm just going to be at easy cater for six months. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna like, I don't, there's something special about this company. I I appreciate, I now have like a really deep loyalty to them based on how they've, they've treated me. I mean, at this point I'd worked at the company for like less than six months and it was, and this, again, the support unmatched, I've never seen anything like it. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do then? Because like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in this weird place in life. And again, very fortunately, which is not something I'd really ever been exposed to before. Easy caters fast paced and growing. So because it's growing so rapidly, there are these new positions that are opening. And I am able to kind of start to, now that my horizons have been broadened, I'm like, wait, what else is out there? Right? Because there's all these job titles, all these things I'm like hearing people talk about, or just it's, I'm, I'm learning so much every day about possibilities, about other, other paths to follow. So I end up um, moving over to our talent team as um, uh, to, to as, a, as a coordinator, and in that position, I am able to um, meet even more people throughout the organization because I'm working with them to schedule interviews for their teams. I worked closely with our executive team because we were hiring. You know, they were involved at that. I remember, we're still pretty small at this point, so our executives are relatively involved with a lot of the the hires that we're making or we're hiring important folks. And it was just this amazing like surge of information, right? Just like, oh my gosh, like, wait, what's that job? And what do they do? And what, yeah. and, and learning, like just, I was like a sponge, just sucking up. And I'm also still kind of in this space where I'm like lying to myself, telling myself I'm still going to pursue being a doctor. <laughs> I was going to say, is that's a lot. This, this is all sounding like the doctor thing is, is like, disappearing but yeah (laughs) i'm still fully lying to myself i'm like oh i'm just gonna like learn all of this and i'm totally still gonna go to medical school (laughs) and so one of the uh 
amazing things I had the opportunity to do at Easy Cater was create the community outreach program and employee volunteering program. It didn't exist at the company yet. And when I came, I I asked about it. I had the idea and they were supportive of me doing it. So I started to organize um, group like volunteer opportunities for our employees, for anybody at the company to attend and to support our community. At this point, we were only based in Boston. So it was really focused on um, Boston based organizations and nonprofits. And our focus was um, hunger, uh, hunger based organizations. So so uh, supporting people who are facing food insecurity in, in the communities. And one of the uh, events I organized was the Walk for Hunger with Project Bread. And they're a phenomenal organization. Um, and the Walk for Hunger happens in May. So this is now May of 2017. I've been in my new coordinator role for a couple of months. And um, we're super excited, have a great group of us going. And our CEO, Stefania, and her husband attend. And on that walk, um, I, I'm chatting with her husband at one point, And he's asking me about myself and asks, um, you know, what what do I want to do? And I say, oh, I'm, I want to be a doctor one day. You know, that's this is my plan. And I tell him, <laughs> and he's like, oh, cool, you know, and and... I think nothing of it. And the walk continues and the end that happened on a Sunday, the next day at work, I happened to be in a meeting that Stefania, the CEO was in. And as the meeting ends, she asked me to hang back and I'm like, Oh boy, like, what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, so what's this I hear about you wanting to be a doctor? And I was like, yeah, I do. And she's like, you know, George, her husband told me that you told him that yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, so I, I give her the same spiel, you know, the same spiel I've now said at this point for like half of my life of like, oh yeah, I want to be a doctor. I want to help people, the whole thing. And she looks at me and she says, you know, I will support you in anything that you choose to do in your life. Um, and if that's, if you want to be a doctor, then, then great. I'll support you in that. She said, but, and this was like the most profound thing anybody had ever said to me, which is going to sound really obvious, but I promise you in the moment, it was truly like mind blowing to me. She goes, but you know, there's more than one way to help people. And I was like, <laughs> wow. And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. It had never crossed my mind. <laughs> like, It had truly never crossed my mind that there was a different way I could help people. It just hadn't. And that was probably one of the most life-changing moments for me because it really like something clicked in my brain that was like, you do not have to keep forcing yourself down this path that you know you don't want to go down. There are other ways that you can help people. And and you have already been seeing all of these amazing new opportunities and a new way of working and new roles and careers that you never knew existed before. Like maybe just be open to those. And that was it. Like that mm-hmm. conversation, I was like, I'm letting it go. I don't, it's not for me and I don't want to do it anymore. And I let, I, that was it. Like, I, like I, I truly did just like, and I felt like the biggest weight lifted off of my shoulders. And when I made that decision, what was also really amazing, again, I'm, I'm at easy cater with all this phenomenal growth opportunity is that now I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? And more opportunities are, are like presenting themselves. So a couple months after that was when I became Stefania's executive assistant. She had, she was, um, she needs like the, there were 
we, she, she had a, a person at the time who was kind of doing a dual office manager role and supporting her in that way. But we were growing so much that we needed the office manager full time. So that person shifted to doing that role full time, which opened up the EA position. Um, and that's when I started doing that work. And the reason I tell that whole long story is that when she opened my eyes to there's more than one way that I can help people. I started thinking about my experiences as a person and work I had been doing in my personal life, understanding kind of all the systemic inequities that exist in the United States um, across uh, across all of the systems that exist in the United States um, and had, you know, had my own experience with them being first gen, first person to go to college Um uh, a, a, a woman, a person part of the LGBTQ community, a person of color, like all of these different parts of my identity that had impacted my experience in the world based on the inequities that exist. But I didn't know there was a job you could do to mm. like do something about it. And so while I'm having all of that experience and I'm like, learn like, and I'm, and I'm thinking that I'm having my eyes open to this other work. And I realized it hit me like, truly like this brick wall, right? What Stefania said, but also this, like, this is a huge part of you can't be what you can't see. And had I never moved to Boston, maybe had I never had these specific experiences, I don't know that I would be doing the work I'm doing today because I don't know if I would have even known it was a role you could do. And I think about all of the people who, when we talk about creating access to opportunities. It's not just about removing unnecessary barriers to opportunity. It's also about people being aware of what opportunities are out there and how Mm -hmm. to go about working towards them. Um, And so all of this is like, all of these parts of this journey truly just came together and with the timing of when I was at Easy Cater and having these amazing opportunities to to, to get me to honestly where I am now and being strong as EA was a huge and, and the role she played in that was massive. Um, and so, yeah, that's the, that's the backstory. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. That's an incredible story. I mean, the, you know, uh, it reminded me of, of how I became, uh, uh, CEO's assistant and, my first, my first kind of founder assistant role, um, was the, you know, the short version is I was talking to my wife after our, uh, we got back from our honeymoon and I was like reassessing my job and kind of bored. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I was like, oh, it'd be kind of fun to be the founder's assistant. And I was like, but I don't know that that, that would ever happen. And literally the next day they said, Hey, we want to have a meeting about your role. And I was like, okay, whatever. That happened every few months anyway. I was like, yeah. no big deal. And then they're like, oh, hey, we want you to be the founder's assistant. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it's just this like, just this crazy, like this, you know, the stars aligned and yeah. you're just like, wait, okay, this is interesting. And that's how I got into the whole senior level C-suite assistant yeah. world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing. Uh, I want to hear just a couple things uh, about your time as assistant to the CEO. Yeah. Um, what, what was maybe one of your favorite parts about that season. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? 
I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. It, yeah, wow. There's, I think the learning, I learned so much during that time. Um, I was also very fortunate in who I was supporting. So um, I think thinking about the quote that I used at the beginning today, um, Stefania, one of the one of the reasons it was so wonderful to work for her was that she what she said to me in that room, she meant, which is she wants to the, the support was real. The helping people succeed was real. The helping people find what they're good at and then helping them get there. That was very real. Mm-hmm. And so learning, learning about the business, but also learning from her as a leader um, and the way that she led. Um, so much of when I spoke about Easy Cater being this phenomenal company to work for, um, so much of that was her. She was so she was such a huge part of building the culture and the culture being what it is and what what it was and is. And learning about her her leadership style and how she did that in her journey, um, that's that's invaluable. So yeah. I, I feel so what a privilege to have been able to work closely with a leader in that way. And then also mm-hmm. the other leaders that exec at the at in the executive team and learning from them and their their thought process and their approach. Um and being exposed to um the these conversations and decision making and just invaluable. Yeah, that was so grateful for that time. Yeah, it's it's you know you mentioned it earlier. You were just being a sponge, uh, absorbing all this information and learning all the stuff, and that's one of my favorite parts too about the role. Is just you get to be in all these conversations and see the good, the bad, and the ugly. But you really get to kind of weep through all that or wade through mm-hmm. all that and just really figure out um, what you like and what, what, what skills you have, what industry you, you enjoy, what topics and departments you enjoy. And, and then, I, and then of course, as you transitioned from that role, um, to where you're, you're at now, um, I'm, I'm sure that, as you mentioned, part, part of this, you mentioned already, but you, you discovered that through your journey as an assistant. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other piece that was, very helpful in that time was the cross-functional work and understanding the importance of communication and working with different teams and how to do that. And so all of that experience, I, I, first of all, in general, I think what you learn and the skills you need to be a successful um, EA are skills that are I don't want to say we'll make you successful in anything because that sounds a bit like, but, but EAs are superhumans and you have to weigh the, the thoughtfulness, the planning, the organization, the attention to detail, the, uh, the consideration, the problem solving, like those are skills that EAs, they find, they fine tune them. And that is, and what they do is nothing short of extraordinary. And so I think having that opportunity to really fine tune those skills 
with the personal experience I was having in the background um, did really contribute to um, my, I think my, my success and my ability to move into the work that I'm doing now, because I was able to take all of that learning and apply it. And while no, it's not exactly the same job. It's not, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, it's a lot of, a lot of it's transferable, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's the other part of an EA's role that maybe folks don't realize is that those skills are so transferable that even if you're plopped into something you maybe haven't done before, um, yeah, there's going to be a learning curve, but having those, having those muscles, those muscles ready to flex the way that people who've done that work are, um, I think really sets them up for success in a lot of different ways. And so I definitely, I definitely felt that way in my new work for sure. Yeah. It gives you a good foundation and, you know, it's transferable. I've seen it where it's transferable between roles, but also between industries and, you know, executives and different personalities. It's like, if you can excel in the executive assistant role, then yeah, you, you, you really do have a lot of opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Amaya. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Is there anything, you know, related to what you currently do as director of DEI and operations? Is there any tips or um, encouragements that you want to share with the assistants of the world uh, as, as far as maybe cultivating a, uh, a culture at their organizations? Yeah, I think, like I said, the, the skills are transferable. I think one of the one of the pieces of doing DEI work um, is is being is being having the ability to be efficient and effective without losing thoughtfulness. And I think, especially in, well, I don't want to say just in a, in a, in a tech startup, because I think this applies to all different industries and companies there. There's a lot of times where people are under pressure. There's a time crunch. Um, it's you're, you're, you're stressed. You're, you have a million things on your plate and things need to get done quickly. And it is understandable and in human nature for us to just like, what decisions can I make quickly? Let me make them. Let me do it. Let me move forward. Let me check things off the list and like get onto the next one. And I think what I learned in my EA role that also is helpful in this work and that I would remind folks to to do is is even when you have to move fast is is to maintain that that thoughtfulness, to not let the the need for speed overwhelm and to take a breath and to think through um, whatever decision you're making and to think of everyone that it will affect and even if they are not necessarily people who are in the room that you're regular and regularly interacting with or having conversations with, if something is going to affect a person in some way, think about that when you're making that decision or moving forward and, and just take that moment um, because that thoughtfulness, that pause, um, that intentionality in what is being done can make a huge difference and can hopefully save you some work down the road because <laughs> <So, laughs> we're all about efficiency. Right. So there you go. I think it's the, it's, it's really setting yourself up for, for success with that, with let me, let, let me use those skills of the pro the problem solving. Let me think of everything, the attention to detail. And it, it really is all of that, right? It's like the, the holistic view of things that you already do in one way, just kind of repurpose it towards, all right, let me think about this communication or this process or plan or scheduling or whatever it is. Like who is ever, who's, whose voices am I not hearing 
And how can I be an advocate for folks that this will affect who may not have the opportunity to speak up for themselves um, or even to voice their their feedback or concerns because it's just whatever it is, right? Um, yeah, that'd be my, be thoughtful. That's great. <laughs> Great. Be thoughtful. Love it. Great way to end the conversation, Amaya. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. Thank you so much for, uh, yeah, just sharing your story and being uh, being a part of the the fun, easy cater team that I've had the privilege of working with uh, as they sponsor the show this year. And it's been a, been a fun run. And I really uh, wish the best for you. And is there anywhere that, you know, if people wanted to reach out or connect, uh, should they, you know, hit you up on LinkedIn? What do you, yeah. what, what do you think? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out. Um, you can also like, you know, email me. My email is my name at easycater.com. So feel free to, um, I'm always happy, happy to chat and whether it's about DEI questions or EA, I mean, any, any of the above, um, awesome. happy, happy to connect. Great. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Uh, best of luck to you and your animal friends and, uh, <laughs> Thank you. and, and your movie watching and all the things. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for being on the show. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Jeremy. It's been a pleasure. Please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com